0: It's good to be together to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and get into His Word. So this morning I'm going to begin a new series entitled The Unseen. And we're going to discover throughout this series how to see the unseen. Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And see evidence, everyone say evidence. evidence, evidence of things not seen. So the not seen things must exist or it would be impossible for faith to be the evidence of it. So it's an entire world that we're living in, that many times we are not even conscious of it, we're not seeing it, and we're not conscious of it, and we're not governing our lives by it as we should be, and it's called the kingdom of God here on the earth. We pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we think we done our job because we prayed that prayer, and we just go on about life and continue to govern our lives by what we're seeing, what we're feeling, what we're touching, tasting. Uh, but there's a, a, a whole other realm to life called the kingdom, and the unseen things of the kingdom are what we are to be governing our lives by. So I want to open this up this morning by sharing a story from 2 Kings chapter 6. Let me share this story with you in 2 Kings 6. And it's the story of of the Syrians, the king of Syria, making war against Israel. And every time they make their battle plans to come against Israel, there's a prophet in Israel that knows exactly what uh, the Lord is revealing to Elijah, the prophet of Israel. He's revealing to him through the word of wisdom. Everyone say the word of wisdom. Uh, just a little side note here. First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about uh, spiritual gifts. And one of the nine spiritual gifts, one of them is, is known as the word of wisdom. And that's when God reveals things to you. You see things because God revealed them to you before they even happened, before they even occurred. And as you can see something before it happens. So through a word of wisdom the Elijah the prophet would receive a download from God on the Syrian battle plans and every time so every time the Syrians would come against Israel Israel would be lying in ambush for them and would would frustrate their battle plans and would conquer the Syrians and so the king of Syria became suspect and thinking you know what there must be a traitor in our war room and who's the traitor in our war room? Then one of his uh, men in his war room said, uh, there is no traitor among us, but there is one in Israel who knows all things that you are speaking. Now, the New King James says that he knows everything that you're speaking, even in your bedroom. So I suspect, you know, it was the war, what we know today as a war room, when the generals are all getting together and making battle plans. So every time the Syrians would have their war room conference meetings, the Holy Spirit of God would reveal to Elisha, the prophet of Israel, what the plans are so they would always be prepared for the attack of the enemy. Wouldn't you like to always be prepared? You know the enemy's out to kill, steal, and destroy, but, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a biblical reality, but the good news is we can also come to a place where we are, we are always prepared for what he's uh, planning, what strategies he has against us so as a result of uh, the king of Syria discovering that there's not a traitor in the camp but rather there's a prophet in Israel who gets the download from God and always knows what the battle plans are so the king of Syria just determines well you know what we need to do then is we need to take him out we need to take the prophet out so that we can be successful in our battles against Israel and so he inquired where is this man of God and they said well he's in the city of Dothan everyone say Dothan has anyone here ever been to Dothan? You've been there? In Alabama? Yeah, that's what it's talking about. It says here in Alabama. <laughs> so he's in Dothan. So, what he does is he, he sends a whole army to Dothan, to the city of Dothan. They go out by night and they encamp and around the entire city at nighttime. And the plan is, is to conquer. The king, who continually receives this download of wisdom and battle strategy uh, uh, that the Syrians have. And so what happens here is that uh, in verse 14, it says, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Do you ever notice that, you know, when the enemy comes against you, oftentimes it intensifies at night. Intensifies at nighttime. Whether it's because you're tired, or because it's dark, or just whatever it is, it just seems like you know you can. You're, you're doing fine. You're making it through the day, but then evening comes and night comes, and just oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I just feel all of a sudden I'm feeling surrounded. Everything, no matter where I look, it looks. Impossible! It looks like I'm just not going to make it. So always be aware of that, that it can always feel worse at nighttime. not necessarily is worse, but it can feel worse. It can be intensified. Uh, at night, you may feel like you're surrounded, but in reality, it's what came, they came to Dothan. They surrounded the city at night. The, the next morning, verse 15, the servant of the man of God, speaking of Elijah's servant, arose early and went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, said to Elijah, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So get the picture now. It's Elijah and his servant in the city of Dothan. The servant is up early in the morning to do his uh, Starbucks run for the prophet, (laughs) to bring back his Starbucks coffee for the day. And as he's going out, he realizes, my gosh, We are surrounded. Every direction he looked into, there were enemy armies surrounding the entire city. Everywhere he looked. Have you ever gotten up in the morning and every direction you looked, it looked like something is against you? Something is against you. So that's, that's the feeling this young servant was having. He said, my gosh, we are surrounded. And he, and he goes to the Elijah, the older man, and he says, "What?" he asked the question, what shall we do? Elijah, verse 16, says, so Elijah answered, he said, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, you have to really put yourself in this situation in Elijah's servant's shoes. He's, he's up in the morning making the coffee run, and he realizes that we are toast. We are surrounded by enemy armies. This is it. This is my last Starbucks. If I even manage to get it and get it back to the prophet. This is it. We're surrounded. And he cries out to the prophets, what are we going to do? Just exactly how are we going to get out of this predicament? We are surrounded. We are toast. And the prophet of God, the man of God, answered and says, first of all, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't you love it when you're just, you, you, I mean, you're, you're, you're boxed in. You, you're encircled. And, and you are fearing for your life. And the first person you talk to about, what do you think I should do? And say, oh, don't be afraid. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> slap, slap. If you were in the predicament I'm in, you'd be afraid also. But don't be afraid. Do not fear. And he said, for for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So he's making a prophetic statement here. But it's 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 also a reality. He said, there's more with us than be with them. More what? What's he making reference to? He's making reference to the servant being concerned that they are surrounded by enemy armies. The entire city was encamped, encircled by enemy armies. But the prophet said, don't be afraid. There's more with us than be with them. And then he even says something that for the servant, momentarily for the servant, I'm sure he thought this makes no sense at all. This is ridiculous. But here's what the prophet did. Elijah, verse, verse 17, Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. Now what did the what did the servant see that caused him to be afraid? He saw the enemy armies and circled completely around the city. Entirely encircled by enemy. That's what he saw. That was the root of his fear, what he was seeing. And then the prophet prayed a prayer, open his eyes that he might see. I'm sure the servant at this point is thinking, what I'm seeing is what's causing me to fear in the first place. I don't know why you're praying for God to open up my eyes. I see what I see, and what I see is not good. What I see is causing me to be afraid. But the Elijah said, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. And then the Lord had the audacity to side up with the prophet against the servant. So the Lord opened the young man's eyes. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. He saw, and behold, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So what happened here the young man servant in the natural saw devastation he saw an entire army surrounding them and in fear he cried out to Elijah and Elijah said don't be afraid there's more with us and at that point the servant is going 1 2 and i'm looking around the entire city and we are surrounded by enemy forces And he looks at the prophet again. One, two. There's more with us than be with them. There's more with us than be with them. Have you ever received a word from God? You were reading the word. You were hearing the word. Someone shared a word of wisdom with you, and it seemed like it was absolutely ridiculous. It's not at all what you were expecting to hear. It didn't make any sense to your natural mind. Matter of fact, it may even have been a source of momentary, momentary confusion. There's more with us than be with them. When we, when we teach on, the, on, on stewardship, when, when people are first being introduced to, to tithes and offerings and giving 10% unto the Lord, they always have that look like, you've got to be kidding I'm here for financial counseling. I don't have enough money to pay my bills, and you're looking at my budget, and you're looking at how I'm stewarding, and you're discovering that well, you're not honoring God with your tithe, and you're I'm short financially. and You're saying, well, if you'd honor God with your tithe, then you would, you know, God would meet your need, an abundant supply for every good work at all times, and it's like that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense to the natural mind. Neither does being surrounded by an enemy army and a man of God saying, there's more with us than be with them when all you can see is enemy. All you're seeing is enemy. You're not seeing anything good. You're seeing enemy. And then the man of God prays to the Lord, open up his eyes so that he might see. And the Lord opened his eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Notice what happened here is the young man's eyes were opened up to a reality that was already in existence. It already existed. The angels described here as horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah, which was more in number than the enemy in the natural, than the Syrian army, more in number than the Syrian army, was a current reality. It all, they already existed. Elijah was aware of it. The servant was absolutely clueless. I'm submitting to you that the opening of our eyes to be able to see the unseen will bring you into a realm of walking with God, coming into a place where you'll begin to govern your lives by the principles of God's word. It will do wonders for your self-image. How do you see yourself? Are you seeing yourself as yourself, for what, it, fleshly? Or are you seeing yourself as a redeemed child of God? So there's a spiritual realm, the realm of God, known as the kingdom of God. And it's an unseen realm to the natural eye. But through the eye of faith, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. But the things that are not seen are very real. matter of fact, the things that are seen were made out of things that are not seen. 1 Corinthians tells us that. The things that you see, the things that you are experiencing, were made out of things that are not seen. So the evidence, the realization, or confidence of things not seen. Jesus, in his conversation with Nicodemus, when Nicodemus was inquiring about the kingdom and so forth, and Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, unless unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm submitting to you that many people... Receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. They're born again. They come into the kingdom of God, now have the ability to see the kingdom, but we are never taught and we are never trained to begin to live our lives by kingdom principles. We are never taught to walk by faith and not by sight, and we go through the rest of our Christian life governing our lives, never changing the way we perceive things, never changing the way we see things, and we live our entire lives thinking and believing that what we see in the natural realm is superior reality. And we yield to it, we bow to it, we worship it, we decree it, we declare it like it's matter of fact. And when it comes to the things of God, we are oblivious to it. We don't see it. We're not aware of it. We're not thinking it. We're not praying it. We're not worshiping it. We're not speaking it. And we're just completely oblivious to it. And all along, it is, it is very real. The horses and the chariots of fire around Elijah and his servant were ve- are very real, were very real, and they already existed. The opening of this young man's eyes, when God opened his eyes, that did not create the horses and chariots of fire. When God opens your eyes to something, it doesn't create it. It just simply is called a revelation. You finally see something that already existed. It's new to you. It feels like it just happened. It feels like it's brand new, but it's been there all along. Now you see it. The curtain has been pulled back, and now I see. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, now that you know it, now that you're seeing it, didn't create it, it already existed. Your ministering angels assigned unto you, whether you have ever seen them or not, are very real. They've been assigned to you, and they have a job to do. And if you're not aware of it, and you don't see them by the eye of faith, and you don't put them to work, they're just basically standing around twiddling their thumb, going, you know, give me something to do. Give me something to do. I make it part of my prayerly daylight. part of what did I just say? <laughs> I make it a part of my prayer life every day. Lord, thank you that your ministering angels assigned to me, to my family, to my loved ones, to my children surrounding us, keeping us free from harm or evil in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Believe in God for it. Believe in God. But it's so important. It's so important that you don't go through life thinking that what you are seeing in the natural realm that it doesn't become superior reality to you. And that's absolutely the way it is. And there's, there's nothing that can be done about it. The servant here could have argued with the prophet and said, you're, you're crazy, man. Don't tell me there's more with us and be with them. There's only two of us here and there's thousands surrounding the city. You, you, you know, you're getting very senile in your old age. I realize I didn't get my coffee to you because I got scared and never made it to Starbucks. But, you know, this is ridiculous. Don't give me this stuff where there's more with us and be with them. Don't give me this biblical principle stuff. You know, people push back. When you give them biblical answers and solutions to dilemmas that they're in, you want to give them spiritual insight and, and direction, they give pushback on it because what they're seeing with their natural eyes has become superior reality. This is a reality. I'm broke. This is a reality. I'm sick. This is reality. I'm rejected. This is reality. I'm a nobody. No, that's not a permanent reality. That's temporarily how you are seeing things. But there's a much better way to see things. And Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom. But don't become born again and still be oblivious to the kingdom. Thank God you got saved. Thank God you got a glimpse of when I die, I'm going to heaven. But between now and the time you die, there's a whole lot of life to be lived. There's a whole lot of kingdom principles to be conquered and things that God wants you to do. And we're not doing them because we're not seeing what we're supposed to do. We just don't know. And we're thinking, well, we can't do that. Well, Why can't we do that? Well, Why would you want to do that? I don't, I don't see any reason. That's the problem. You don't see any reason. I just, you know, I don't feel that, you know, I just don't have that kind of self-esteem. Well, get rid of the word self and develop a God-esteem. That's the problem right there. We're trying to develop good self-image. Good self-image. Well, you develop a good self-image, it'll still be worldly. You want to develop a good God-image. Don't shout me down, now because I'm preaching, but anyway. (laughs) Get rid of the word self. You're going to build. You see yourself as a child of God. You see yourself as angels being encamped around about you. The ministering angels of God are with you and they're for you. God said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. This is reality. Amen? Amen. Amen. So turn to Hebrews chapter 1. Make that Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, verse 3, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are, so the things which are seen were made of things which are visible. So faith, again, realize is the evidence of things not seen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul, it's in context of a resurrected bodies and so forth, but he makes a statement in there that's very true. He says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith and not by sight is not ignoring current reality, but it's walking with the eye of faith. It's walking being directed by God, your eyes are enlightened to the truth. As the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, he's prayed for the eyes of our understanding to be open, that we would see things from a kingdom perspective, see things from a kingdom perspective. And so evidence means a realization or a confidence, a realization or a confidence of things that are not seen. Now, in the Gospel of John, I already shared with you from John chapter 3 how Jesus replied to Nicodemus. and said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom. But also at the end of the gospel of John chapter 20, almost at the end, it's when Jesus is resurrected and he appears to the disciples in, in, in the upper room and, and Peter is not with them. Let's begin reading in John chapter 20, verse 24. It says, Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Then Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Now he believed because he saw. He made the statement, I don't believe what you guys are saying. I saw Jesus Christ being crucified. I saw that he was put in the grave. I'm not believing this stuff, but now he's alive, and he he came in the upper room here with the door being shut. I'm not going to believe that unless I see it. Jesus wasn't there. Eight days later, Jesus appears. Thomas is with them, and he knows everything Thomas said. We can make a sermon out of that as well. Be careful what you say about what you're going to believe or not believe. There's someone is listening, his name is Jesus. So anyway, Jesus, the good news here is, is Jesus was able to accommodate Thomas. His goal was not to put Thomas down. Some people refer to him as Doubting Thomas. You know, I think Thomas is in heaven. I don't think you would like a tag name of some of your failures. Right? So let's just drop the, you know, let's just drop the name there. Thomas is in heaven. Jesus gave Thomas what he needed to bring him along. But we don't stay there. You got born again. You came into the kingdom of God. You saw a reality of, I need to receive Jesus as Savior and receive the gift of eternal life. Be forgiven of my sin. You saw that. You accepted that. Don't stay there. Start walking by faith and not by sight. So Jesus gave Thomas what he needed. And then he went on you said, you're blessed, Thomas. You're blessed. But he went on to say, Blessed are those, the end of verse 29, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's what we're talking about over the next couple of weeks. And it's talking about beginning to establish our lives by getting a clear vision, a clear perspective of our Heavenly Father. Jesus is creating tension when he's talking to, to, to Nicodemus, when he's saying, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's creating a tension between living your life by what you're seeing in the natural realm, with your natural eyes, and living by faith. And it creates attention because you're living in this natural world. There are many decisions, there are many things you need to do, and many decisions that you need to make based on what you are seeing with your God-given natural eyes. For example, when you leave here today and drive home, please, please go about what you're seeing with your eyes. Don't just get on the highway saying, by faith, there is no traffic. By faith, there are no lights. There are no stop signs. We're not talking about that type of thing. So in, in the natural world, you, you obey your five physical senses. They're feeding good information to your brain. Use it. But there's another dimension, a sixth sense, and it's called faith, and it's the evidence of the things that were not seen. and has, It is a superior reality. It is the realm of the kingdom of heaven. I no longer am bound by what I am seeing with my natural eyes. I am free by what I am seeing in the realm of the kingdom, and I see God and all that he has done for me, and I'm making decisions based on what I see him do. Jesus himself made the statement, I only do those things that I see my father do. What are you seeing the father do? Are you seeing him do anything? Or are you seeing him as being absent? Is there a big void there? He's not real to you. You're not experiencing him. You're not seeing him. Well, the prayer that Elisha prayed for his servant would be an appropriate prayer for you. Lord, open my eyes that I might see your plans, your destiny, your purpose for my life. Open my eyes to it. Open my eyes beyond just seeing the enemy surrounding me at night. Waking up in the morning, darkness and enemies surrounding me. Open my eyes beyond that. I know there's more beyond that. I know your word declares that that if you are for me, what can be against me? And the answer to that is absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Open my eyes to it. So Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen, meaning you haven't seen it with your natural eyes. But you still believe it. I believe heaven is real. I haven't been there. I haven't seen it with my natural eyes. I believe it's real. And I believe I'm going there. I believe I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. I haven't seen it. There's some books and there's some movies about it, but, you know, that's just different people's perspective. And some is good, some's probably not so good, but it's probably far superior than what anybody has ever claimed they've seen. But nonetheless, I haven't seen it, but I believe I'm going Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Here's what I want you, one of the other points I want you to take home with you today. Not seeing is not a reason for not believing. Not seeing is not a reason for not believing. We are to believe by faith that there is more to life than meets the eye your natural eye. Do not limit, do not limit your reach, your potential. Don't limit it by what's visible to your natural eye. Faith, evidence of things, hope for, excuse me, substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Without learning to walk by faith, without learning to walk with the eyes of faith being open, seeing into the realm of the Spirit, you will never see the fullness of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Don't just be one of those that prays the prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and as it is in heaven. Thinking that you are getting... Merit points with God because you recited the prayer. Pray the prayer. Believe God's kingdom is manifested on earth as it is in heaven in your life and that your eyes are open to it. You see it. You see yourself as a redeemed child of God. You see yourself as a person filled with living hope, with living hope. One more scripture I'm going to close and we're going to come back next Sunday and continue to develop this. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says therefore we it's beginning at verse 16 it says therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So it's a promise here. We're not losing heart. The outward man's perishing. The inward man's being renewed. The light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But this only becomes a reality when we apply verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen... But at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now that's just, that's just not this is not just a play of words. When it's talking about the things which are seen are temporary it's talking about the things that are seen with your natural eye. The things in the natural are temporary but the things you see with your eye of faith are eternal. Folks Open the eyes of our heart and let us see Jesus for what he really is. When Elijah, excuse me, when Isaiah saw the Lord, he saw a holy God high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Let's get a proper perspective of our God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the role of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God manifested here on earth as it is in heaven. Let's Focus on this over the next couple of weeks, and let's learn how, how to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Amen? Don't limit. Don't limit your life to what's seen in the natural realm. Look at the things that are not seen, meaning look at the things in the realm of the Spirit with the eye of faith. What I'm seeing, what you may be seeing, may be similar to what Elijah's prophet was seeing. Enemy, 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 enemy. Everywhere he looked. Nothing was working. Everything was against him. Doomed. The day was doomed from his visual perspective. But Elisha saw something different. And he prayed and said, Lord, let this young man see what I'm seeing. Let him see that there's more with us than be with them. Let him see. And that's how my prayer for today is, Lord, let us see there's more with us than be with whatever you saw this morning. Whatever you were experiencing this morning. Whatever you were thinking about this week. Whatever you were dreading about this upcoming week. Let's see it from a heaven's perspective. Let's let's invoke the kingdom of God into this and God, let me see it from a kingdom perspective. And bring to nothing all the negative things that I've been seeing. Open up my eyes the eye of faith, that I can see that your promises are yes and amen. Would you please stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to come together to worship you. As we celebrate this day, not only a day to come to worship you, but we're also celebrating Father's Day today. So blessings on all the fathers, blessings and great grace on all of us as dads, Lord, that we can do a good job at being dads and loving our children, training up our children in the way that they should go, and uh, bringing our children up in a way that they be, uh, bring honor and respect to, to us as fathers. So, Lord, thank you for great grace on every father in here this morning, in Jesus' name. Give them a fresh vision, Lord God, that they see themselves as being a great dad, a, a, being, doing a good job of training up their kids and, and seeing their kids excelling and doing well and bringing honor to them. We thank you for that. And, Lord, I pray for each one of us that, that as we desire to walk by faith and not by sight, I'm asking you, Lord God, that while we are looking at the things in the natural, the things are, are, that are seen, we acknowledge right now they are temporary. Everyone say, this is temporary. What I'm experiencing is temporary. What I'm seeing is temporary. It's subject to change, and it will change. In Jesus' name, because I'm asking the Father, open the eyes of my heart that I might see Jesus, that I might see my redemption, my salvation, my healing, my provision, my protection. In Jesus' name, open my eyes to it, Father, I want to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Father, just as Elijah opened, prayed for the prayer to open the young man's eyes, you opened his eyes and he saw. Father, we prayed you'd open up our eyes. And my prayers is, Lord, that we see in Jesus' name, name above all names, and we are walking by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We're well, all looking great. Amen.